All right, everybody, here we are back with another episode of Hanging with the Pack. Uh, joined, as always, by the one and only Sean Taggart. Sean Taggart gives you a weekly breakdown on the Hartford Wolf Pack, the minor league affiliate of the New York Rangers. Uh, this week, talking about uh, quite a few topics on, on the docket for for the, the pack as their season continues and keeps on rolling. Um, what was it, two games this weekend? Yeah, That's it was uh, Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday, so back-to-backs. And I think they've got a three-gamer this this coming weekend, so that'll be interesting. But, uh, Sean, how are you doing? And take it away. Uh, you know, I'm doing good. It was another strong week for the Wolfpack. Um, but uh, adversity set in on uh, the game Saturday against Binghamton Devils. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, let's start with the game on Friday which was uh, Igor Shashirkin's first North American shutout, a one nothing victory over the Springfield Thunderbirds. So a very nice uh, start to Igor Shashirkin's uh, AHL career, North American career, that is, with a 36-save uh, shutout. Uh, he really got a taste of what it could be like playing for um, the New York Rangers quite soon with the lack of defense that the uh, – Wolfpack show that night. Um, one of the things with the Wolfpack is uh, starting with this game. Some of their lines changed. Some of their defensive pairings changed. Uh, up on the first line with uh, Phil DiGiuseppe and Philip Hedel was um, Vinny Letary. The second line was now Matt Bolesky and uh, Vitaly Krasov at the wings with Daniel Regan centering them. Third line was... Um, Gabriel Fontaine and Bunieves with uh, Fogarty as their other, uh, Steve Fogarty as their other uh, winger. The fourth line of uh, Gettinger, uh, Jones, and Newell stayed the same. Um, defensively, like I said, the pairs did switch with Radish and Lingren as the first pair. Your second pair saw Sean Day with Vince Laverde, and then uh, Gertzen was with. Um, Keen and you know once again uh, Miskinen and um, Ebert were your scratches for both games this weekend. So spoiler alert: Vitaly Kravtsov did play in both games uh, this weekend for uh, the Hartford Wolf Pack. We'll go into a little bit about that a little bit later. Um, really, it was a very one-sided game for most of it. I did notice that the um, Wolf Pack were really having trouble entering the zone, uh, really having difficulty doing a lot of what they have done and done well, um, which was really sustain and provide pressure with the um, with the offensive zone entries. They were having trouble getting through the neutral zone. Springfield did make some adjustments from their first time that they played from, which was only a week ago. These guys get used to each other playing a lot of games against one another quite often. Um, so you did see a lot with... Um, them really applying the pressure and really uh, making sure that it was difficult for the uh, Wolf Pack to enter the zone. 
it didn't get any better for the Wolfpack really in the second period as well. There were some uh, issues with them, you know, really sustaining and maintaining any pressure. I did like what I saw though from that new and improved first line. As the game went on, they got a lot better. They got more comfortable with each other. They looked really good. I couldn't be more happier seeing, you know, Filipino continue his dominance as he did assist on the game's only goal um, scored by Vinny Letteri uh, in the, uh, I'm sorry, Phil DiGiuseppe assisted by uh, Letteri and um, Hedl in the second period. And that is really all she wrote for, in terms of scoring. Uh, but, I mean, you know, you really saw what um, Igor Shashirkin can do. Um, he can carry a team when the team isn't playing up to snuff and really bringing it 100%. He can carry them on their back. I mean, he was used to it in the KHL of St. Petersburg. It continued quite uh, frequently for um, this team last on uh, Friday night. It wasn't really their best game. It wasn't their best first period, but, you know, the, the team did get a lot better. They did progress as the game went on. I did um, like what I saw uh, with Vitaly Krasov. He did start using his shot a little bit more. He got his first shot on goal this season. Only took him uh, five games to get that. But you know what? It's better late than never. He did look good um, on the line with O'Regan and Bolesky. I did want to see, um, and you know, talking to some fans on Twitter at Hanging Pack, uh, we did want to see, uh, you know, Fogarty and O'Regan switch. I don't think O'Regan can really be the one that can help drive the offensive capability for, uh, you know, Vitaly Kravtsov, nor do I think Matt Bolesky is the right person for Vitaly Kravtsov either, but that's here nor there. Right now, he still has to earn his time. Do I see him making a first-line appearance soon? Well, time will tell. I mean, they got a busy weekend, as Chris alluded to during the beginning of the show with the three-game weekend, and then also bonus game on Wednesday in Laval against Laval Rocket, and we'll touch on that near the end of the episode. But I did like what I saw from, you know, uh, Vitaly Krasov. He didn't play the full game in that one. He looked a little bit more eager to get the puck off. He did look a little bit more eager to contribute a little bit more offensively. Um, this was a nice building block after his uh, first point, which was last uh, Sunday's game, um, which he really, uh, you know, against the Rochester Americans. But the the one thing that I do want to say when it comes to Kraftstoff, he is still a work in progress. I want to stress that. Granted, you know, he has a couple games here and there, and we alluded to this on uh, two for roughing early in the week when uh, Chris and I were ranting on the Rangers. Um, you can listen to that clip on YouTube <laughs> for Face Off Hockey Network's uh, two for roughing uh, YouTube page. Uh, but you know, everyone here is eager to see what craft stuff does, and I think a lot of the early uh, nerves and you know jitters were just because the big boy club, the Rangers, didn't have a lot of games uh, to really focus on and watch. You had four games in almost three weeks before they really got themselves cooking and going uh playing uh, f three games in four nights and we got a busy schedule ahead for the rangers as we get deeper into the season so a lot of that focus and attention might be off of vitaly kraftsoff and hartford in general but i'll be sure to make sure that you guys are paying attention to it another couple of things to note the loverdi and day pair looked awful um they don't complement one another at all 
I feel like, and you know, Chris, you and I have played hockey for what seems like most of our lives separately, not together. Um, but I think a good defensive pair has to feed off of one another. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, there has and there, and there has to be kind of a balance. You know, you always try to want to balance. You know, you got one that's a stay at home, one that might be you know more willing to jump up in the rush kind of thing. But they, there definitely has to be chemistry for sure. More so, I, I think, than any other position. Right. And one thing I did notice with Laverde and Day is they're basically the same type of defenseman where they both like to jump in on the rush and there's no one really backing uh, up. They were out there and they gave up a lot of breakaways just because they were both aggressive on the rush and trying to make a difference individually rather than helping out each other and being a good defensive partner. Like I said, it showed. Um, It didn't help the fact that, you know, the Rangers – don't view maybe day as high as they originally regarded him, but it really doesn't help him get better to prove to an NHL franchise that may be looking for some depth defensive and help that he could be their guy. I mean, he has a lot of mistakes more than a lot of positive games. This wasn't a good weekend for the day and Laverde pair, especially day since he is on a higher microscope than Laverde. I would say um, a couple other things to note from this game. I did like the play of the, like I said, I did like that play of the first line. I really felt that that first line was a very well constructed first line. Would I flip Phil DiGiuseppe for Vitali Kravtsov? Yes, when the time's right. I think you know you're going to see that come sooner rather than later. Maybe, like I said, it's a busy week ahead for the Wolfpack, so we just got to make sure that everything you know goes into motion and they have the consistent efforts that we've been seeing from them. Though this weekend was a true test of adversity. Um, Saturday's game against the Binghamton Devils uh, was a come-from-behind overtime victory, 4-3. And once again, that first line was clicking. We got goals from uh, Vinny Letary to really get the ball rolling and to really get everything started uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack. And they were flying on all cylinders. They looked great. And all of a sudden, the wheels kind of fell off. Um, and at the end of the first period, it was quickly, uh, three to one. Um, and really this was the first time that I really wanted to see how coach Chris Nowblock would have his players respond and how, how, how would they come back out after, you know, really, if you think about it, dominating the first five games of the season, now really getting that, you know, bad taste in their mouths, being down two goals after, uh, 20 you really wanted to see how good this coach really is and how he would adjust and make adjustments. One of the things is on the second goal, Vitaly Kravtsov caused a bad turnover that really um, could have been avoided if he was a little bit more careful with the puck and paid more attention to his surroundings. That led him to be benched for the final 12 minutes of the first period. And, it was, you know, you wanted to see how he would respond to that benching. And, I mean... You've seen him bench before, and you know sometimes he doesn't come off looking that great, and he doesn't respond well. He responded well here by being more a little more sound uh, defensively in his own end, which was an excellent thing for him to do. We needed that. We really needed him to bounce back, and he did in a big way, making those big plays in the defensive end, really using himself to be a little bit more aggressive in the end. One of the things I talked about a lot in these beginning episodes is him almost being a little timid. Uh, He wasn't that way in the second period on. He was aggressive in the own end. He was contributing. 
He got another shot on goal. I wanted to see him use that shot more. I think right now you're seeing him finally get into his groove. Maybe, you know, he gets rewarded after, you know, a solid weekend. Maybe that once-a game against the Rocket, he gets pulled up to that first line. But I really did like what I saw from Kraftsoff from the second period on. I really feel, and Chris, you can chime in about what you want to see out of Kraftsoff too, but I feel like this is, you know, he's slowly getting it. Yeah, I, I want to see consistency. That's that's the thing because, you know, the feedback that I've heard from, from you is, you know, He's either on it or he's not, um, and that's that's the biggest thing. Is I just want to see consistency, and for him to start dominating. Right. So a uh, second period goal by Joey Keane uh, brought the game to uh, one, uh, three to two, and then we go into the third period, and things did get a little chippy on the Binghamton side. There is a parade to the box for you know the Devils, as um, I made a joke on Twitter. And this alluded to it, you know, if I know one thing about the pro team, they like to give up two goal leads. And you know what? So does their HL team as Phil Hedl scored a late power play goal to tie it at three. Hedl, we can't talk about him enough on this show and in the article I write every Tuesday for Blue Shirts Breakaway. He's been a breath of fresh air to see him take what he was told and run with it. You know... He could have been, you know, disappointed. He played 75 games in the NHL last season. He was a full-time NHLer last season. And then after a abysmal camp and a piss-poor preseason, he went down there and he had to prove himself worthy again. And he did just that. I mean, he's doing just that. And one thing I did notice, and I did want to make a mention, is after the game Saturday, there was all, oh, is he going to get called up? Is he going to get called up to the New York Rangers? Uh, maybe, maybe he'll play Tuesday against, uh, Arizona. Listen, relax, enjoy what you're seeing out of Hedl now, because this is what you should be seeing from him night in and night out in the AHL level. He should be tearing it up and he's been doing just that. Um, you know, looking at the stat sheet, he is tied for second with eight points in the entire AHL. The leaders have 10 points. But he is doing everything that you should expect a young kid to do when he was told to go down there and prove himself. He's proving himself night in and night out ever since the second half of the first game against Charlotte on. He's proven himself as to being this type of guy who wants to show that he belongs out of Hartford and in the NHL. Now, what he does from when he gets called up to the NHL is really up to him and especially the Rangers because... The one thing I will say is I don't want him to go slotted to the wing if and when he gets called up with the Rangers. If he's getting called up, is as a second line center. Can't be anything else. And you have to work with him because honestly, as a young kid, mistakes are gonna happen. You're gonna want to work with him. And you know, the same thing with Kraftsoff. When he gets called up to the Rangers and after, you know, dominating the AHL like we all expected him to do. And yes, it's taken a lot longer for him to dominate out of the gate like we expected him to. We expect, you know, both these guys to be world beaters in the AHL. And right now, one of them's doing that in Filipino. Enjoy it. Let him continue to develop the way that the Rangers want him to develop. Because right now, they have a love affair with Brett Howden as a second line center. And he's going to have to do some horrible stuff to lose that position. And right now, 
he hasn't done enough to make uh, the coaching staff of the New York Rangers decide maybe, you know what, let's try Leah Sanderson before we call Filipino up. And honestly, at the same time, I don't know if they're going to even want to call up Anderson. I think, you know, the next move, if this Howden move at second line for the Rangers, and sorry to get on this tangent about the Rangers on the Wolfpack show because you guys hear it throughout the week from the five other Ranger podcasts that talk about this ad nauseum. They're going to want to bring Hedl up before trusting Anderson in that second line role. If you agree with it or not, I don't care. It's just the way that the team probably values Hedl more than Anderson. So enough of that. Let's go back to the game. Let's talk a little bit about that. I like that. (laughs) You know, the overtime period started and then 48 seconds later it ended after a Phil DiGiuseppe goal after Phil Hedl went end-to-end with ease and really led a back feet to uh, Di Giuseppe and he passed uh, went past Cormier, the goalie for the uh, Binghamton Devils. And as we saw, it's another 2-0 weekend for the the Wolfpack as they defeat the Binghamton Devils in overtime 4-3 that Saturday. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on with the Wolfpack. I did talk a little bit about, you know, Kraftstuff being benched in that remaining first in the game against Binghamton. He he let up a brutal turnover. It wasn't a good turnover to make. It was something that if he was paying attention, he could have avoided. So Knobloch using this as a teaching moment and saying, hey, this isn't what you did. This isn't a good thing. It's something that they need to do. And they if they need to continue to do it, they need to continue to do it. Kudos on the coaching staff, though, for not bringing him down the lineup and inserting him back into that second line. Because I could see, you know, nightmare fuel coming from Ranger fans if that happened. Um, You know, like I said, after we saw a more engaged uh, Vitaly Kravtsov in his own end, I want to see him shoot more. He has a good shot. He should trust himself to use it a little bit more. Right now, we're not seeing that. Um, I don't know what the reason is. I mean, he has shot a lot more recently and, you know, they're off target a little bit. Maybe he needs to get his juices flowing to use it a little bit more. But uh, you know what? It's a step in the right direction for him because, honestly, it's been a rough first couple of weeks for him in Hartford, and I'm glad to see him finally getting a little bit more confidence in his game. It's going to take a little bit. And, you know, whatever the case is, whatever the reason is that he started off this way, it could be, you know, getting used to the North American game. It could be him having those hissy fits that were rumored to have happened, you know, that's just all, you know, speculation. I can't say if that happened or not. I'm not physically with the team night in and night out. No one's physically said that's happened. So as of all, and you know what? They may not say that either. Um, but for all I know, he's just, you know, struggling as a 19-year-old. And it's going to continue, you know, he's going to have some growing pains. We've seen it happen with some of the other premier players in the NHL. Uh, during, you know, as they grew into it. You know, I'm not counting McDavid or Crosby because they're generational talent. They just are, you know, world-class above the rest. But, you know, some other guys have struggled, and, you know, it takes them a couple years to get in their own. I'm not saying that's going to be the case with Kraft stuff because, as we see, Ranger fans don't have patience um, with waiting around for good things to happen with that team. Um, You know, one thing to say... 
you know, Chris, we could talk about this until we're blue in the face. And I think I continue to talk about this, you know, in my uh, weekly column for Blue Shirts Breakaway. It's unfair that Heedle's still in the AHL. But right now, and like I said, where else would you put him? You know? Yeah. Look at the Rangers lineup and look to, at... He needs to dominate down there. That's what they need him to do. Right. And granted, that's what he's doing right now. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, he should be, blah, blah, blah. And he has been doing it consistently. It's not like he's taking ice off. I will say, you know, he was nearly a point-per-game player his first season down in Hartford. He was nearly a point-per-game player during his time. Um, and he's over a point-per-game player right now with uh, Hartford. I just want to see that continue. He should be over a point per game if he's that highly skilled and talented as we all expect him to be in the HL. Now, like I said, you know, enjoy it, relax. This is good for him. Granted, of how many people disagree with it or not, just because you're bitter that you don't see him playing over a Ryan Strom or a Brett Howden, there's a reason for that. And you know what? We don't really truly understand or know the reason, and I don't really give a shit. Just enjoy Hedo becoming the pro that he's going to become. That's all I really want out of all this. I want him to become a good pro. Someone else who I want to be, see become a good pro is Sean Day. But it probably won't be for the Rangers, and at this point I'm kind of getting okay with that. Um, like I said, him and Vincent Laverde had a pretty doo-doo weekend together as defensive partners. I just don't know what it is about Laverde, um, sorry, about Day that just doesn't, you know, stick with him as someone who should be a lot better than he actually is playing. Like I said, the exceptional status for him, I don't understand why he was giving that by the OHL. It made no sense to me. I don't think it was really deserved. Uh, for him, and you know, that's just me being a jerk, whatever the case may be. But you know, you look at what you know Day has done since becoming a Rangers prospect, um, it's really not much. Like last year, he split time between Hartford, uh, main of the ECHL, and then back up here. This uh, season, he really didn't get a shot at Traverse City because he was recovering from a hip injury, and he really didn't get a chance to showcase himself really during training camp for the Rangers either. I think the Rangers have made up their mind about what they're going to be doing with Day. I don't know, Chris. I don't know what you think about the whole Sean Day situation. If you see him having a future as a blue shirt, or if you think he's going to be like a Ryan Graves having success elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's. I think that ship has sailed. I I don't see it. Just the fact that so did he end up going down? Did he end, did he accept the assignment or? Because I know they suspended him. Is he still suspended? No, that's that's not the same guy. Oh, who am I thinking of? Grop. We'll talk. We'll touch. Oh that wow, yeah, stupid. No, I yeah, but still, I, I don't know. I I never, I've never been impressed with with Sean Day. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I've, I've never really been impressed by what he's done. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know, like I said, I think that ex- exceptional status that he got in the OHL was thrown around pretty loosely. I don't think it was well-deserved, but he hasn't really shown that he deserved that status either. He hadn't played up to that. So him getting that was a complete shock to me, and it still will be a complete shock to me if and when the, you know, he, if, if the Rangers want to give him a shot, he has to play over, you know, I would honestly say... Right now, above him in that organization in Hartford right now is Lindgren. 
Um, right. Absolutely. You know, oh, Joey Keenis' first Joey Keenis's first pro year, but I mean, granted, he did get scratched last uh, Sunday in the loss overtime loss to Rochester, or the shootout loss, excuse me, to Rochester. But even then, like, I mean, I think you know the fact that they signed him at the young age of nineteen to hit his entry level contract has to mean that the Rangers have some sort of value for uh, Keen over day. Honestly, it really comes down to what they need and what what their problems are as they go into further. And then you have Niels Lundqvist. You have uh, Keandre Miller coming in the wing. You have Tarver Nyan, who got loaned back to his Finnish team, who had a pretty strong camp. Um, you know, Lieber Hayek is playing really well with the big club right now. But, I mean, you know, looking at the younger guys on that uh, defensive blue line, him and Fox have shown enough to really warrant them staying up for the time being. I really feel if uh, Lieber Hayek slides a little bit, you're going to see him in Lingren switch. And that's not a thing, knock against Hayek. It's just maybe, you know, sometimes that the game gets by him too fast and you need that quick switch and rejuvenation. I will say his time down in Hartford last year before he got called up for those five games, Hayek weren't a lot to be desired. And he... Which scares me, like, you know, we talk about Hayek having that tough go-around in Hartford, but he got called off, and you look at how he's been playing since he got called up to New York. Would that happen with Day? I don't know, but you know what? I don't even know if I would want to give that a chance. Uh, Chris alluded to it a little bit earlier as he was getting Sean Day and Ryan Gropp confused. Ryan Gropp got um, told... Not told, but he got... um, sent down to the um, main Mariners of the ECHL, their ECHL affiliate. Uh, he refused the assignment, and right now he is uh, suspended. There hasn't been really uh, anything else more than that. I don't know if he's uh, failed to report. I don't know if Europe is in his future. Uh, just honestly is another disappointing pick uh, by the Rangers during the draft. I really felt he was a product um, of his line mates over in the uh, Portland Winterhawks when he got drafted that year. Uh, you kind of remember him as the piece that got uh, Emerson Edom uh, and that draft pick for Carl Haglin when the uh, trade to Anaheim happened. Um, and, you know, both Edom and now Grob have turned out great for the Rangers. Um, but, you know, we, we look forward and we look ahead, like I mentioned, um, they did have a new look lineup, and it did struggle at out of the gate. Um, had some struggles the first period against uh, the Springfield uh, Thunderbirds, trying to really regroup and you know play together and play as a unit. I will say, as the game went on, um, and as they got more comfortable with one another, they played really well, um, especially the Radish and Lindgren pair. Um, I do not have anything bad to say about Ryan Lindgren, and maybe that's just because I like him a lot, but I do like what I've seen from him so far uh, this season for the Wolfpack, especially in his own end. He's been playing well. He plays with the body. He plays a very sound defensive game, and he can chip in offensively every now and then too, which is fantastic, and that's something that you want to see every now and then uh, from a defensive player of his caliber. Um, you know, looking at everything else too, like I said, I don't know if Danny O'Regan is the right line mate for, uh, the Tally Kraftsoff, but right now, like, 
my whole thing is you really don't want to force anything on Krasov until he earns it. It's all, you know, this, this uh, whole thing about earning your spot and everything like that also applies down in um, Hartford, too. So, I mean, you know, you have to see this as a whole organizational thing. And if he's not playing well in uh, Hartford to warrant that first-line spot, he's not going to get that until he, you know, works up for it. And he will. Like I said, I, I really feel confident in what I saw for his game to really see him turn it around and really be that dominant player that we expect him to be and be that world beater in the AHL to make him force his hand to want to go to the uh, big club in New York. Well, I mean, you know, we're wrapping this up. Uh, thanks again for everyone who has followed along on the Twitter account Hanging Pack as I cover uh, Wolfpack games either the day of game day or maybe a day after or a little bit later during the day. Um, you guys have been awesome. You know, big shout-outs to uh, Ricky Milner and everyone who's uh, shared my account um, and given me the opportunity to share you my thoughts on the Hartford Wolfpack. It continues this weekend with uh, Three Gamer. Uh, we start on Friday with uh, the Laval Rocket, the uh, Montreal Canadiens um, farm team. They'll be playing uh, Friday night at 7.15 against the Wolfpack at the XL Center. Then we do have a home-and-home home against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, who we are 1-0 against. Our, they are 1-0. Uh, they won the 4-3 uh, overtime game, the second game of the season, after the Sean Day end-to-end goal in overtime. They have that home-and-home home, home on Saturday at 7 o'clock, and then they play 3 o'clock on um, Sunday. And then we do have a Wednesday game, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about how that's going to work. I know I really recapped the games on uh, the uh, Tuesday for you on uh, two for, on Blue Shirts uh, Breakaway website. So what I'm going to do is the game's at 7 o'clock on Wednesday at uh, Laval, so they're away. What I'm going to do, and I'm going to make this nice and simple for everyone here, is Tuesday, expect me to uh, write, I have a nice little feature on Chris Knobloch going up on Blue Shirts Breakaway next Tuesday. We will um, have the recap on Thursday for the week because I'll include the three games during the weekend and this game. And then um, we'll be talking about this uh, weekend and the Wednesday game next week on Hang With The Pack. So that's the schedule. That's what's coming up not only for the Wolf Pack but for this show right here. Um, you can reach us at Hanging Pack. You can reach the Face Off the Hockey Network on Twitter at the FHN. I'm out of time. We're running out of time. The tape is rolling, but I'm going to go away. Um, thanks again for listening to Hanging with the Pack. See you guys all next week. Here we go.